hand into the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. And welcome, my spoiler room friends, for journeying down the stairs and joining us tonight for in somewhat impromptu episode uh we know how these go if you've been following the show long enough i'll watch a movie and there'll be a certain movie where i'll just be like i hadn't planned on talking about it but i gotta talk about it and i happen to find two crew members tonight to help me talk about the latest quote-unquote superhero film uh, and as you know probably know it's called glass from m night uh Shyamalan. and i have tonight with me two fantastic crew members to discuss this first off he's back with us mr gonzarific the lovely andrew Shearer is with us hello andrew how are you hey mark thank you it's lovely lovely to be lovely and uh, this is my first uh recording here with this gentleman lamont good to meet you same here look at that and he's, he's yeah. trying to be modest about it <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to not like to to step on his introduction too so you can cut oh, that no. if you want <laughs> no that's okay we can we can still introduce him you recognize the voice from our last episode we did not scare him away uh he was kind enough to come back again to the spoiler room yes we welcome lamont the horror miser himself hello lamont greetings 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 good to be back once again i think this is going to be a very interesting one it is going to be an interesting one because, uh, well, I know uh, from our last discussion too that you're uh, you're uh, big on the comics as well. So this will be uh, definitely an interesting uh, conversation. And yes, uh, who here would like to give the synopsis? Andrew, would you like to give the synopsis of Glass? Hey, all right, let's try. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Glass is the third in uh, Night Shyamalan's trilogy start with unbreakable um in 2000 and then picked up quite unexpectedly with split 2016 um so in this movie you got uh bruce willis you got samuel l jackson and then you got uh james mcavoy and they're all like in an institution and uh you know there's fighting and and shit and uh i'm sorry i messed this up it, it's a it's a it's a statement about like a like a uh like about comic books it's like a comment on the comic books uh, comic book movies and, and things like that i think it is it's it's the unexpected trilogy of uh the m night uh Shyamalan, uh series uh when we saw unbreakable and uh yeah you know what we're gonna dive right into it i want to ask these fine gentlemen first we'll start off with lamont lamont when you saw unbreakable did you ever think it would become a trilogy of superhero movies? No, because I didn't even consider Unbreakable as a superhero movie. I, it was mm -hmm. more of a psychological thriller to me, mm -hmm. more than just a super uh, superhero movie. It just referenced comic books because Elijah's character is a comic book enthusiast. Mm -hmm. 
that's the only real reason why you actually have comic books referenced in this movie. But it's not a superhero movie at all, because you can see as the movie as the movie goes along and along, you see Elijah telling David what he needs to do. But all he's doing is just, hey, look, I need to have a purpose in life. So that's the reason why he does what he does. But it's not, it was never, to me, considered a superhero movie. I mean, even back then, I think the only superhero movie we had back then was, I don't even think Blade came out uh, back then when that movie came out. Uh, well, this, uh, the first one, Unbreakable, came out in 2000. So it was, yeah, there weren't many. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> I, I don't think there were uh, very many at all superhero. I mean, we, they had been, uh, we did have, uh, you know, the, the direct-to-video uh, movies, but uh, Blade had come out two years prior. So oh, Okay, yeah, that's why I figured. I thought but, that, but that was really the only superhero movie was, that actually came out was Blade, but not a lot of people didn't know Blade was an actual comic book uh, uh, movie because not, not that many people knew who Blade was. Right, but yeah, but this movie was not. Uh, yeah, Braun Break was not a superhero movie at all. <laughs> it had superhero elements possibly in it. I mean, David Dunn's character is, you know, uh, possibly showing that he had powers. Uh, mm. You know, but David Dunn showing that he had powers. Uh, but the way the story was written, yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Uh, not considered actually a superhero film. What about you, Andrew? When you first saw Unbreakable, did you expect it to come here? <laughs> I mean, no, but I also was not expecting it to be a superhero, like for that to be, you know what I'm saying? Like the story, because right. I think that's, I think to, to Lamont's point, that's kind of the twist of Unbreakable that it is, uh, that that's, it's got superheroes stuff in it, you know? Right. And so that was kind of like the, you know, at the time he was known for kind of like the gotcha shit because of, um, because of the sixth sense. And so, you know, this is still in that genre, but he's doing a, you know, he's doing his twist. That was his twist. Hey, superheroes, right? <laughs> but but you know, um, I did rewatch Unbreakable before I saw Glass, and I got that DVD out. And I'm looking at the back; it says David Dunn, Bruce Willis, but it doesn't name <laughs> it doesn't name Elijah Price. It just says a mysterious stranger. Then in you know brackets a Jackson. <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't say it's not even. You could tell they weren't setting it up for anything. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, you know, it, and it's one of those things where I had heard that. You know, he had an idea for this to be a trilogy, but at the time when it came out, um, you know, Unbreakable came out, he wasn't quite sure how to how to do it. <laughs> Basically, he wasn't confident, I don't think, in it, uh, which is actually kind of a shame because I think Unbreakable split, and we'll get a little bit deeper into Glass here in a minute, but I'll, I'll say these three films, if Split and Glass show up sooner after Unbreakable than they did, uh, I think these films might have been a little bit better received than they were. I mean, Split was, uh, but that was because of uh, McAvoy. But, you know, and even Glass, though, I think this trilogy of films, I think there was just too long of a, a distance for a lot of critics out there. Lamont, what would you say about that? Is, uh, would you say if maybe uh, we got Unbreakable, then two years later, Split, and then Glass back then in the early aughts uh, or naughties or however they want to call them do you <laughs> think maybe uh these films because we know glass isn't being well received by a lot of critics anyway do you think it might have played better for uh at least the critics maybe I, I think the problem right now is because of m night shalahams 
after hitting the ground running. Then he hits with, uh, I mean, not just one, but several really bad movies, uh, <laughs> including including The Last Airbender. And it took him a while to get his groove back. But yeah. because of that downside that he had, and uh, even though he sort of came back with the visit, people still do not really think he's really back, and especially now with, with, with Glass. Uh, I think Split was, a, was good, not as good as The Visit, but mainly because of Jay, if it wasn't for James McAvoy, people would say, "Oh no, he's back doing bad movies again." <laughs> yeah, so I I don't know if if he not have waited so it's a long time to do Split, then maybe he wouldn't get he wouldn't get the knock for this as he's getting the knock for now. Yeah, I I think so too, Andrew. What about you? I know in your uh, review with your uh, your notes and that you mentioned how you kind of visited. Uh, you know, some M night films and that, and he's been up and down with you. Do you think maybe uh, these films would have sat a little better had they came out sooner? He was still hot at that time. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, even unbreakable, I don't remember if it, how much of a hit it was, but he was, people were still, you know, he was still like a name director at that time, you know? And mm -hmm. he just, I think signs was probably maybe the last time he just sort of kind of taper off, you know? Uh, but we're, I don't know if people were ready for kind of what it was doing. You know what I mean? Like, I, they're still maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it was, you know, it's a big ask from people to start getting a high concept like that, you know? So, I mean, it's hard to say. Whenever somebody is set up that high, like he was after Sixth Sense, all the critics want to do is knock you down. You know what I'm saying? Like, like all they want to do is take you apart like that. Mm -hmm. And and so if you don't, if you're not another big hit or if you don't like surpass it or whatever, you know how it works, man. People are, it's all fickle like that. So yeah. it's hard to, it's, it's hard to really say, but um, split in the early 2000s would have been a strong ass movie, you know, yeah. especially because like, horror wasn't really doing anything at that time. Yeah. That, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Not, nothing much was going on in horror at the time. And if he would have came up with split sooner rather than later. Yeah. Then yeah, he wouldn't get the backlash that he's getting right now. Mm-hmm. No, no, he wouldn't at all, especially uh, with the way Split was, because I enjoyed Split quite a bit. And what was funny is when I, uh, and I know this is glass, so we're talking about Split, but it's leading up to it because, um, you know, when I saw Split, I hadn't thought of it being in the universe. I forgot what they call the trilogy, but in, in this universe, I thought it was just kind of standalone. And then you get that end credit sequence where you get David Dunn sitting there and I go, Oh, okay. You know what? I'm like this. This uh, kind of kept me, got me interested, and 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 kind of got me a little bit more into appreciating Split from what I saw it. And I'm like, okay, well, let's see where it goes. So then we get to Glass, which we get the scene open, and they've got to reintroduce, reintroduce good old David Dunn, who is pulling uh, an arrow vigilante. <laughs> <laughs> type of uh you know using his powers uh the way uh he thinks they should be used and and he actually has his son with him in in their quote unquote lair and and pretty much the first act we're introduced to reintroduced to this character and uh McAvoy's character from split the horde if you will and andrew what'd you think about this first act because i know you mentioned you kind of fell asleep during it yeah um, i did man but you know that it's, that's not to say that the thing isn't strong I get it just you know what happened they put them to fight so early you know mm -hmm. like the um the beast mm -hmm. and uh which is kind of a trip since he's from x-men right 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> You're like, look at Professor X, man. He just, him and the Beast just kind of meld together, I guess. But um, I when when they had him fight so early, I'm like, well, wait a minute now. What's the ending going to be? What's, you, what's this leading up to? You know, like, so I was like, okay, here we go. But yeah, so I started to lose interest with a lot of that, um, uh, a lot of that monologuing that they were doing, you know, about mm -hmm. the building up to an interesting concept. But still, I was going like, oh man, uh -uh. now we don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> so yeah, I was a little in and out. It's not saying the movie's bad. It's just like, you know how you mm -hmm. do, man, you go in expecting some things. And then when they, you know, it's like they bring your entree first, you're like, all right, well, <laughs> guess I'll just eat this and then just sit here. Yeah, it, it did seem like it, it, they pulled the trigger a little bit early with this, especially since we hadn't seen David Dunn in a while. Lamont, would you agree that uh, this battle possibly came sooner than you expected it to between at least the Beast and David Dunn by himself? Well, it, it, I guess for uh, uh, from what because as I said in my review, it's like one of the things I didn't like about the film was that. Um, it was uh, it's like if you didn't see Unbreakable or Split, you'd be lost in what's happening in these characters. So I'm like, yes, that the reason why they did it was like, well, we got to reintroduce these characters again, just so that way people who didn't see both movies know who they are. But unfortunately, when they're talking, especially uh, Dave, uh, Kevin, when he's talking either either in Patricia or Hedrich characters, and you're like. What the hell is he talking about? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what else? So that was I, I didn't mind it because they had to start with something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they had to start with something. So it's like so I wasn't surprised that that happened that way because the uh, the whole basis of the film is is obviously playing off the hero and the villain. So I really didn't mind it that much, uh, but I could understand why people might have been a bit put, uh, put offish of it. Hey, yeah, but you I know what? Now that I'm yeah. thinking about it, and I didn't think about this until I heard him say it, that movie's called Glass. Where's he at? <laughs> you had to take so long for him to, to for them to do anything. He had to start off with some. How about the name of the character people would pay to see this on the poster? <laughs> start off with that. Actually, yeah, I, I agree. Um, because it is called Glass. So you would have thought they would have started out with maybe a bit of a back, more backstory for sam jackson's character because you had unbreakable which gives you basically david dunn you had split which gives you somewhat origin of horde so now you got a movie called glass and you know he's going to be the manipulator but maybe are we going to explore a little more but we we don't we get david dunn versus the horde which is like you know uh previously uh, <laughs> <laughs> it plays out almost more like that um uh, you know, for me, I think the sequence of events plays out differently than I expected. I thought for sure Sam Jackson and it would manipulate things to where it starts off with them. And here's, okay, here's a concept, and bear with me, gentlemen, but I would have actually liked it had they started out with uh, these three individuals and the uh, uh, asylum, finding out that they were actually captured. And then you have uh, Glass do his thing and break out the Horde and David Dunn. And then your final co conflict between David Dunn and the Horde are rescuing the four girls, you know, because Glass set these events in motion. You know, mm -hmm. he's kind of like that. But yeah, Andrew, you're right. You get your entree right away because you're like, oh, this got teased at the end of Split. 
and people wanted to see the horde versus David Dunn. And when he gives it to you, he gives it to you within the first what, like twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I get that because when I'm I'm waiting because I'm listening to the film and I'm waiting to see when the events take place. And when they're here, I see that it takes it takes place three three weeks after the events are split. Right. So that and and if everybody knows, you know, uh, Kevin is Kevin Crumb is still on the loose. Mm-hmm. So I kind of I kind of got that gist. Uh, but you know, but it's like this, and and to me, like I said before, I think all they were trying to do was to reintroduce the characters again in case we forgot, especially because it's been like so many years since we've seen Kevin Dunn. <laughs> so I guess that's the reason why they did it that way. Well, we got to reintroduce the character. Yeah, David Dunn's been around for like not eighteen years or so because two thousand was Unbreakable, mm-hmm. uh, and I I did give props though for M Night doing something that Tarantino always wanted to do, but never got around to it with his Kill Bill. And M. Night actually does it with getting the original actor who got to play his kid in the 2000 Unbreakable back to Mm -hmm. play his kid 18 years later. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. You know, He was able to get the same actor uh, who played his son and get him to play his son again, which I I thought was pretty good. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. I like the fact that his kid was helping him out and kind of his, you know, helper in the lair and, and keeping up with the technology, uh, which I still got to this day figure out what Bruce Willis, the actor, must have against technology because every one of his characters seems to be against it. That and rap and rap music. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you get the David Dunn split fight, uh, but then uh, we get where he, David Dunn rescues these four cheerleaders that uh, were going to be victims to the beast. And then the cops are suddenly there. And I'm like, okay, it didn't make sense at first quite how, why they were there that quickly. Cause he never plays it, but it, the, the ending suddenly it makes sense of how they kind of knew they were there. Uh, Lamont, did you have a question? Uh, did you question, you know, how did the cops know that Dunn and, uh, uh, you know, the Horde were fighting there so quickly? You know, uh, my, my guess is because, again, listening to what the, because one of the girls uh, gets injured, and I'm assuming they must have dialed 911 because I'm assuming they all have cell phones there at this point right now. So not sure where not sure where they kept them though because they I don't know where they kept them at but somebody must have had something to call the cops that quickly quickly mm-hmm. because all of a sudden next thing you know they go outside next thing you know, there's a whole bunch of cops so somebody must have uh called somebody must have had a cell phone hidden somewhere yeah <laughs> but uh, that's the only explanation of how they got there so quickly yeah and then the only other thing is is because of the doctor who is there with the cops when they get to uh David Dunn and uh, you know, the horde, uh, Kevin Wendell Crumb. And uh, Andrew, what do you think about the cops showing up in that? Do you think that is uh, something where, you know, the girls uh, call the head? Or do you think that plays into maybe a little more of what he was setting up in at the end of the film, uh, where we get the kind of reveal of who's behind the psychiatrist and the capture of these extraordinary people? I mean, it's nice to think that, and that's cool. <laughs> Because if you're trying to defend the movie, then rock and roll. Yeah, that's exactly why they did it. 
<laughs> but if you've seen a lot of superhero movies with way too many characters, they just don't give a shit about stuff like that. They are no. trying. They are trying to stuff all of these people into this movie, and they got to move because you know there's places to go and people to see and et cetera, et cetera. A lot of ground to cover, you know. That's especially people to see aka mr glass aka elijah price who we finally get to see the movies named after him and we don't get to see him till after our uh two other characters are committed by dr ellie staple who i i really want to talk about in, in a minute here but we finally get to see elijah price but andrew he's not mr glass the way we picked we left him before but then again you know he's playing the system I mean, how'd you feel about being reintroduced to mr glass i you know this is my favorite part about the movie i gotta be honest mm -hmm. i mean he is so good <laughs> and it's uh, and you know the stuff that he's doing you you i just hang on every scene what that he was in i hang on every blink that his eye was doing i could not wait to see what he do elijah price there, he is the coolest thing about Un Unbreakable the movie. After you get past, like, okay, you got superpower, all that stuff. It's about Elijah. You could tell that's who the writers liked writing, you know? Mm -hmm. And in this movie, too, we've seen everything. We we know what all is. We saw everything that that uh, Crumb is going to do. We right. know all this. We know all about him. Don't care. It's all about getting back to glass because, by the way, my name's on the poster. So, you know, you better <laughs> fucking, you know? <laughs> um, but, um, I loved it. I could not mm -hmm. wait to see what he do. And when you got that reveal that you know he was he was hiding his pills and shit, love how he cut dude's neck with that glass too. It's like I'm glass. You saw my name on the poster. What do you think I was gonna do? It just <laughs> that was man. That was man one of my favorite parts. It was so good like that. That loved scene that. actually was directed really well. It was like M Night. You know there were uh, some things that were kind of uh, uh, sloppy, but uh, you know M Night directed that particular scene really mm -hmm. well when when glass reveals yeah you know what i uh, i uh i'm actually not comatose at all yeah uh, no you can tell sometime who's the writer's favorite yeah you know just like um you saw a girl's trip right yes you know who's who was the writer's favorite character in that movie you just know yeah it was a tiffany haddish's character they oh, just of course. You, yeah. sometimes they just you know what i mean you just you, you can kind of tell I, by I the way I guess that I didn't even see uh, Girls Night Out. <laughs> right? You can probably tell from the trailer. She just got yeah. all the bit. Anyway, but I don't know that if that's good writing or not. But, but before we, in case we don't mention it, since we're talking about Elijah Class or Elijah Price, his mom, anybody, yeah. anybody notice anything off about Charlene Woodard? Is that, was that who that is? Charlene yeah, Woodard? Charlene. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she, by speaking of Fresh Prince, she was in the, she was in that show. Yeah, yeah she no, was. yes. Um, so, so she's like, I looked it up while I was watching the movie. I didn't mean to do this. I don't ever do that. But I was like, what did they do to this woman's face? I wanted to know how for real, how much, what was the age difference between her and Samuel L. Jackson in real life? Anybody know? Anybody want to know? It, Anybody care? It was she, like. She, she is five years younger than him. Yeah, for real I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, that's what it had her made up that way. Anybody believe that makeup? No. No. <laughs> Couldn't they have just left that off and just been like, so she's just, she's just, you know, she's just like that. Would any, would it have mattered? Just gray your hair, you know? I, I don't think, I, it I, I, I don't think it would have mattered. Oh, no, man. but, 
that was the one thing. Now, uh, for me, I I dug this film quite a bit. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. I know, <laughs> probably more than the other two gentlemen here, uh, but I I dug it quite a bit. But there I, there were flaws definitely, and that was one of them. Also, I didn't think we really needed to bring back the other minor characters because, as you mentioned, Andrew, there were a lot of characters. In this film, there's a lot of things going on. And for me, I enjoyed the film, but I think I would have enjoyed it even more had they just focused on the three characters. Uh, maybe bring Glass's mom into it because the movie's about him, so we can find out more about him. But, you know, dude, I, he even brought himself back. You saw that part? Yeah. <laughs> he brought himself back as the, as the guy from the stadium. He's like, I'm really stopped hanging around bad people. Come on, yeah. man. <laughs> Yeah, M Knight even brings himself back as a security he guard from a bad He's like Hitchcock, uh, or or even almost going to Stan Lee uh, uh, things with him having cameos as all his movies. I, yeah. I think it's kind of a Hitchcock thing at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I remember in Sixth yeah. Sense he had said uh, he put himself as the doctor because his family had wanted him to be a doctor. Oh, <laughs> so he's like here. <laughs> Well, he's been a security guard. Yeah, he keeps being around bad people. So, uh, God, yeah, that part, that part though, was it had some humor when he's in the electric electrical shop and David Dunn's about to go out because cops yeah. are looking for him. So his son doesn't want him to go out to go hunting for the horde, and he's going out. And that was actually kind of a, a humorous exchange where he said, "Let your dad go for a walk, right?" Look, <laughs> <laughs> he gave him. That was uh, funny. You know, <laughs> Because they're trying to hide David Dunn's secret identity, so he's telling his dad, Dad, no, you don't really want to go for a walk. And the guy's like, let your dad go for a walk. What the hell? <laughs> that was funny. So that, that was one of the lighter parts. But I didn't really think they needed to bring back, as much as I loved her in Split, Anya Taylor-Joy's character at all. And even though it was great seeing Joseph Dunn in there, I don't think they really needed those characters because... I mean, they're used solely for the purpose of uh, getting our heroes either distracted or from point A to point B, but they don't really serve, you know, I really would have liked to just to focus on the three principal characters. Lamont, what would you say? Would you say these extra characters, they could have handled it a different way for a couple of the reveals? I I didn't mind (laughs) her in the show. Yeah. Uh, but because uh, he's only just used for a, an emotional thread for Kevin, right? You know, that's the only purpose we see her character back. But other than that, she really doesn't serve any other purpose other than just for that. You know, mm-hmm. and to me, I, I get it. And uh, you do have some nice turn of mo- moments between her and Kevin, and especially with H- Hedrick. Right. You know, I, I thought that was really good, but I don't. I don't think it would have mind made any difference if she was in the film or not. Yeah, they could have maybe even just added, you know, picture or something. Here's a picture of her he carries around or something. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know. I there are a lot of characters in here, um, and for it being a third film in a trilogy, though, th- this this is a little bit more old school sequel in that you really kind of have to see the other two before you catch everything, uh, you know, but. I the, the extra characters, uh, I think they could have written them differently uh, for it, but we do get the new character of Dr. Ellie Staple. 
And dear M Knight. Okay, well, I want to get your guys' opinion first, and I got I got my Andrew. Dr. Ellie Staple, M. Knight really needs to stay away from writing female characters, doesn't he? I thought you liked this movie, man. What's up? What's going on here? <laughs> I, I do like the movie. I like the movie very much. I didn't quite care of how they wrote her character. I mean, how'd you feel about Dr. Ellie Staple? You know, she represents what he is trying to what he, what he is trying to communicate with this film about comics. You know, it's his conceit about how they're based on uh, real people. Right. And so, you know, she just unfortunately is falls under that stack of stuff that he's got in his head that I just, in my opinion, I don't think it came out right. You mm -hmm. know, it's not a bad idea. Guy's talented. Guy's got a cool idea. But, you know, she's got the unfortunate task of being the on-screen representative of that. And it just, you know, it's not interesting, I don't think. He doesn't give her anything to do, you know, it, and same thing with Anya Taylor joy. Same thing with um, Elijah's mom. They just don't have anything to do. Yeah. They, they don't uh, have a lot of things to do, but I mean, Ellie staple, there is more there, but I would have liked to see her written a little bit more stone not quite stone cold maybe stone cold i would have liked to see her be a little bit more uh stern you know or or kind of in the background a little bit more uh now she is the new character that's introduced in this film the new lead yeah or the new you know like of that you got the three coming in that we know then the one that we don't she is the new major <laughs> character as a new major character stack her against those three those three the way they're written come on yeah there's she got nothing she 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 doesn't have anything. I think if she was uh, by herself for a while, but the fact that she's in most of the scenes with one of these three very uh, strong written characters, the ones that are the focus on, she does kind of get the short end as far as how she's written. And can I tell you what I what oh, I ahead. thought she was gonna do? I couldn't say this in my notes because I had to release those, and it would be spoiler. I was hoping they'd reveal she was had a superpower. Me too. I I was kind of pulling for that too. That she was like a, a evil bad guy, another bad mm -hmm. guy. In that would have been that, great. That would have had a power. Uh, Lamont, how about you? How'd you feel about uh, Doctor Ellie Staple? Do you think uh, they, her, as well as a couple of the other female characters, kind of get the uh, the weakest writing? Um, I actually that's what I thought mm -hmm. that she was going to be the twist. Where we, where uh, he reveals the fact that she actually has a superpower. Mm -hmm. That's what I was hoping, because I'm like saying, well, if we're not getting anywhere with any of these sessions. She's spewing <laughs> a lot of uh, uh, psychiatrist stuff, which is okay, but it's not leaning anywhere to the film, because we all know that none of these guys, maybe Kevin. Is. That's why I said in my review, I mean, we all know that these guys are not crazy, even though Kevin, we already know he suffers from dead. But I'm right. thinking, that, well, maybe she has to have some type of superpower because right now, as much as I enjoy Sarah Paulson, but, you know, she's not doing anything other than spewing psychiatrist crap. <laughs> it would have been nice for her to have maybe an, a, a superpower. Yeah, I, I was kind of leaning towards that, that she was, you know, there was something different about her character i knew there was something i was not expecting it and like i said we, we're jumping around with this i know but i was mm -hmm. not expecting the reveal 
where she was part of this organization that's meant to take down superheroes. Um, I thought she was maybe one that was meant to capture them and weaponize them. You know, it, you know, I, I kind of suspected she was part of something bigger, or some organization or had some alternative plan. I was not expecting them to be the group that actually goes around trying to uh, eliminate, uh, you know, superhero or extraordinary people at all um you know and i kind of would have liked it go the other way around though i didn't mind the secret organization i thought i thought that was kind of i think that's part of was his supposed twist was uh the fact that there's this organization and that comic that extraordinary people have been around for a long time and their job is to keep it hush hush um you know so that interesting part with her character it's just the way she was written in some of her dialogue and that especially um i think it, it could have been handled a little bit better than what it was but then again when you have those three <laughs> characters that you have in the same room with you it's hard to uh you know have four strong written characters i think because someone's going to end up unfortunately getting the short end and i think sh she does in this though i did like the fact she was still part of the organization um one of the things though i i thought was interesting and maybe i picked up on it only and i could be just seeing a cigar as just a cigar okay i could be completely off guys but i honestly think and this is the impression i got while watching it especially after the reveal that she was part of this organization i'm like okay she's part of this organization they kill superheroes or try to convince them that they aren't extraordinary and i'm like all right, am I getting just a little bit of social commentary in here? Here you have an organization that is basically trying to gaslight extraordinary people into thinking they are not extraordinary. Is that a bit of a social commentary or am I off on that, Lamont? Uh, I, I didn't pick up any social commentary on that <laughs> aspect. I just thought that that was just part of, of some type of, um, of a twist that uh, him and his writers were trying to pull. I mean, first of all, this it, for me, it just came out of left field and it really didn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. uh, even after we get the misdirection from Elijah, right. which kind of makes that particular uh, reveal a little easier to swallow. But the fact that he, he puts it out there to me, it's like, where the hell did this come from? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, so the, it, it, it's not a... To me, it wasn't a social commentary. I, I just think they just simply didn't know how to end the film. <laughs> Andrew, how about you? I mean, he's right, man. They took how many? It was like a I'm almost like approaching Return of the King number of endings on that movie. Like it just didn't want to quit. You know, mm -hmm. like, oh no, no, wait, we we if that wasn't good enough, we got a little more. Like, come on, man, you <laughs> just let's wrap it up. You got, I mean, this this is kind of sputtering to a halt. It was just belaboring, you know. And see, I I, I kind of dug that ending though with the the turnaround where he he uploaded it to the server, and you get the uh, you know you get the end of basically the three characters for this trilogy, which uh, while he was on the nose, I liked how that played out. I was kind of hoping for uh, Anya Taylor Joy to possibly have a superpower, uh, you know, for a uh, mental control. Cause they kind of tease that earlier in the movie, but see for me, I, I didn't mind uh, the, the multiple ending type of deal, you know, because 
we we've gotten that in other films similar to this uh we not mentioned uh return of the king which has a half hour of endings uh, but I, I thought it was a good way to wrap this up and had a feeling like, okay, he's cutting the cord here with these three so that if he wants to progress, he's setting this up for uh, something that he could continue in the future. But at the same time, with uh, seeing the end, these actual ends of these characters, as well as this end uh, where the three, uh, you know, support characters for the three hero, uh, the three superhero characters, um, you know, they end up being the ones that kind of handle this reveal and witness it. And I, I like that because you could see where if this actually takes off, okay, great. They got a setup for some more movies. If it doesn't take off, I had a good feeling of finality. And I don't think I would have gotten that uh, had we not had a, a couple of those endings. If we had a couple of those things still hanging out there personally. Uh, you know, for so for me, I didn't I didn't mind the multiple endings. Uh, while I thought the doctor was written uh, could have been written stronger, I liked the idea of the organization. Actually, it brought, kind of brought a smile to my face uh, when they had that. Um, you know, so uh, that uh, the multiple endings, yeah, it was it was all right. You know, uh, but I, I've picked up. I thought maybe there was some social commentary involved. And I apologize my rambling here, but I thought there maybe was a little bit going on because one of the tools for this organization was trying to convince people they weren't actually superheroes. So I just thought that was an interesting angle. And uh, maybe I am giving too much credit to M. Knight for uh, trying to make a statement at all. Uh, maybe he would just thought that uh, he was trying to be creative of them trying to take out uh, superhero uh, characters by not killing them. Because usually that's the first uh, measure of uh, any organization that we've seen past is you know oh there's a superhero we don't like them we're going to try to kill them so uh, <laughs> but I, I do want to say uh, we have to address the fact though that probably my favorite character out of this whole trilogy Sam Jackson was fantastic but uh, one of the people that I think put in a strong performance besides Sam Jackson is uh, James McAvoy as the horde as kevin wendell crumb who him and jackson seem to be acting in a completely different movie than the rest of the people who uh, bruce willis i felt kind of was uh you know he was good but he was just kind of uh, there uh, but for me it was really all about uh kevin wendell crumb uh, andrew how do you feel about the horde kevin wendell crumb out of our three main characters i, I know you liked glass and uh, Sam Jackson's performance, but what do you think of James McAvoy? Well, he's good. He's got so many impressive things that he does. When you know, a lot of time in in movies where you're supposed to show somebody with multiple personality, the f the film will always on an edit, it'll always cut when the character changes, just you know, to cue mm -hmm. the audience somehow, or or have some type of effect. You know what I mean? And he sometimes does. He'll like struggle as he's changing. But my favorite things in Glass were the parts where he literally just like in one unbroken shot will shift from person to person you know mm -hmm. that just to me shows somebody that has completely mastered their role and in the case of this character he's had to master several roles and um to me from from the most part watching him go from one to the other again with no edit and no like gimmicky you know like cue to the audience that i'm about to change I, that's a very very impressive thing to do and i 
I hate, I don't hate the movie, but I hate to see it. But I, I wish it was. I would like to see it happen in a better movie than this. Lamont, <laughs> <laughs> how about you with the horror? Did you think James McAvoy was probably one of the strongest things in this movie? Oh, oh yeah, it, just like I said, my rule, my review, my review. Yeah, he he was very good in the role. I I mm-hmm. definitely loved the exchange between him and Elijah, because Elijah respects all the characters. He gives them respect. Like at one point, he tells Hedwig, um, he said, You see the world the way it's supposed to be seen through an innocent child. I love that particular aspect that he has, and I love how they interact with each other. Yeah, it, it's a, you know, it's it's sad that, you know, it's, it, it's like this, just how he was in Split. That's why Split was so good. It's mm-hmm. the reason why I liked most of, of, of Glass, is because of his performance. Yeah, his performance carries some of this film. And then that scene, like you mentioned, when we get that scene, and it's teased in the trailer as well, but we get that where uh, the Horde and Glass meet pretty much for the first time there. Wow, I loved that that whole scene. <laughs> I'm like, man, this, this movie, it, you know, I was into it already. And then you get Sam Jackson just putting in a great performance as Price. And yeah, like you said, he... It, they did a great job with the villains. Again, again we have a superhero uh, film that actually does a really good job with the villains, maybe not so much with our hero. Uh, and in this case, yeah, here we have Glass convincing and t- not talking down to any of the personalities, not uh, you know being condescending to any of them at all and yeah that scene especially when he said that it's great that you're internally eight years old i'm like oh man you know this is just a great scene between two actors and yeah i was really got into it at that point you know and don't get me wrong i like bruce willis and i like the david dunn character and all but out of the three, he felt like he was just kind of going through the motions in this. And people are probably going to say, but Mark, you love the film. I did love the film, but I fully recognize its weaknesses. And, uh, you know, for me, David Dunn, while it was great seeing his character, he, Bruce Willis seemed just a little tired in this. Didn't he, Lamont? Um, I think it's more of how the character is, not Bruce Willis's mm-hmm. performance, because you like I said before, he, he doesn't have that much to do in the film, but mm-hmm. I think that's more of how the character is. When it's time for him to do his job, he does his job. His job is because he knows what he has to do. When he when it's time for him to face the, the beast, he goes out and face the beast. But other than that, he's more of a subdued, you know, laid back character. You know, uh, I don't get into trouble or anything like that. <laughs> I don't think it's more of, of a what Bruce Willis being bored, but I, I did enjoy the role. I think this is one of his best performances in a long time yeah and it may it might that might be it the impression i get that it it was the way his character is because i didn't revisit unbreakable but uh you know talking about it now i do remember yeah that's true his his character was a little more just kind of laid back and and quiet and, and with that type of personality so that that is him in this as well so maybe that that is what I was getting across uh you know from him was that he's actually staying in that returning to that character and, and doing it just like he had it in unbreakable it's just the other two characters i think stand out so much that uh he really is uh seems even more subdued in that respect uh andrew what about you with uh, david dunn and bruce willis's performance in this you think it was all right in the way maybe his character was written 
I love the way he plays it in Unbreakable. I love the whole mood of that movie. He has so much to him. He has so much substance because you get that time about his family life. You know, his relationship with his wife and his son, a big part of that movie. Like yeah. a very big, that is that movie. So when it, when it, when they made it clear that his wife wasn't going to be in there, I was like, God damn, you know, of all the people they should have brought back, you know, to leverage him, to give him something, we should have brought her and have them go after her. You know what I'm saying? Like that, yeah. that would have been the same kind of stakes of that movie. Maybe. I don't know. He didn't seem like the first, when you show done and he's kind of joking around with his son and everything. Like I realized a lot of time has gone by and he's probably changed, but right away I was like, man, he doesn't have a, this character anymore. Bruce Willis lost it. Mm. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a handle on him, but also they didn't give him, they didn't give him any grounding. Yeah. He didn't have anything. He had so much to do as an actor, as a character at first when he didn't have anything here. So what's he going to latch on to? He's just going to be Bruce Willis in this movie. And that's pretty much what he was. And not that that's bad, but you know, uh, right. And for me, I mean, I like Bruce Willis, so it, I didn't mind, but it did compare to the other two characters. It, it felt like his was, he, he was there and yup, I'm the hero. And okay. You know, and he's the only one though, too, that I, I kind of got a kick out of when they were having their therapy session how he was the first one to kind of start questioning, well, maybe I'm not super, um, you know, maybe, maybe it is all just, uh, in my head a bit, uh, but he was so reluctant in that in the first movie anyways. Right. So it was fitting in that respect that he would be the one that was convinced while Mr. Glass was like, yeah, you're full of shit. Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, and then, and then you had the horde, which was kind of in between. So, uh, that's what I kind of liked about that too, is that uh, the horde was kind of in the middle uh, where there were maybe some good, uh, you know, character, um, some good personalities and some bad. And then you have Dunn who is the good guy and glass, which is the bad. So it's an interesting uh, dynamic that they have between these three characters, I think. Um, and that's what I liked the most really in this film was, was a difference in these three characters. Uh, even though I would have liked to see a little more exploration into Mr. Glass outside of the fact that he was very smart. Um, you know, it, it would have been nice to see more of that because the movie was called Glass. So uh, <laughs> we get to the final act, though, and, and I want to talk about this confrontation, the way they play this out, because we get he brings the connection back to Unbreakable. And Andrew, how did you feel about this to where we get the reveal of the fact that the Horde's parent, dad was on the train with David Dunn, the only person to survive that train wreck, which was caused by Mr. Glass. How did you think, how do you, how do you think that was handled? And did you like that? The fact that it kind of all came full circle. It was corny, man. It's corny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, and you know me, man. I'm not trying to talk shit about anything, right? I love oh, I Unbreakable. That's the, that's the thing. It was so corny because Unbreakable is a serious ass movie, and I feel like Split is too. And this one was just playing with it, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was like, like he said, you know, do you really do need to have seen it to understand it? And and that, and all of that stuff. You're like, what? You? It seemed like it was really struggling, just grabbing at anything, mm -hmm. not only to connect itself and to justify its existence, but to be the kind of movie that it was instead of the kind of movie that it should have been. Cause you got a comic book movie about comics that don't exist following up two thrillers, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it just, 
oh i was like it's trying to it was trying to and i love that shot i love that connecting shot where mm -hmm. it showed him getting on the train and then it in it in it, it, it that pan edit to the original you know the opening scene from the movie from yeah. unbreakable like that was cool like it was you know all the parts are there i just didn't like how they put it together Lamont, <laughs> how did you feel about this uh kind of tie-in to everything uh you know how it comes full circle was it uh, corny uh, or did it sit okay with you or uh, it's a cop out it's mm. lazy writing come on it's like you're going to have something that happened that long ago and all of a sudden you're going to throw this little wrench in here it's a cop out it, it, it really didn't fit into the narrative of the story all you're trying to do is to uh make it so that you know elijah wood planned this all 19 years ago thinking there's too many variables could have went wrong it, to me it was a cop out and again there's again this poor writing again it's just like well how is this like for some reason he couldn't find the way to end the movie or to make sense uh, uh or not to make sense or to simply just why can he just put it this way why couldn't he just have it they battle it out you know they do their thing and then you know uh and then you might have that little stupid reveal with uh, uh, Ellen Sharp's character, but then Elijah gets killed in the end. You know, the beast kills Elijah by mistake. Instead of just shoehorning something in, it really doesn't fit the narrative to begin with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And see, for me, I like <laughs> I like the full circle thing. Mm -hmm. um, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. I like that he tied it to that was it necessary no could he have gone about it a different way absolutely uh it didn't take anything away from the story and yeah andrew i'm i'm with you i thought <laughs> i thought the cut of how they handled working the new footage in with the original scene for the breakable i thought the way they handled that i'm like okay that's pretty slick it was cool but imagine the audience sitting in there when's the last time any of them looked at unbreakable if at all <laughs> It, it doesn't mean anything to them, man. Yeah. It's, and... it's, it's smelling his own farts. <laughs> it's smelling <laughs> his own farts. Nice. Because no, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at, at the window, and I'm wondering why is his son running out in the middle of the Wichmacom talking to the beast? Right. I says, what are you doing? And what are you talking about? What does dad got to do, if anything? And it's like, what? What th that makes no sense. <laughs> it absolutely made no sense to me. It's like uh, I just, just at the end, I just like, oh well, well, I guess he had to throw something in here to make the the the. I guess he thought that that would make the beast pissed off and kill him, but he could have just did it a different way and uh, accidentally killed him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or, or Elijah possibly become uh, friendly fire collateral damage in the battle between Dunn and the beast you could have done it that way as well possibly um especially you know have david dunn accidentally do something that might have caused glass to get hurt because they try to work and i know what he was going for you know he's going for a uh, glass trying to be kind of the male figure for the horde and lead him you know while also have his own evil plan in the background to manipulate him but but in the forefront as far as uh kevin is concerned you know here we have glass trying to kind of be the father figure that he lost and i understand it coming full circle and how, how he did it uh you know and i i liked it 
Uh, he could have done it a different way that would have probably appealed to a lot more people, in, including uh, both of you. Uh, but for me, it, I, I guess it didn't take me out of the film. But then again, I guess my approach to this was a bit different, and I'm not sure why, but I think you did mention it, why it's maybe not sitting with a lot of people well, Andrew, is the tone and the direction of this film is completely different than the other two. And uh, Lamont, you're, you're a big horror fan. Andrew is, I am. And the first two felt more like uh, they, they were thrillers and uh, they were kind of unique, but had more of the horror vibe to them, especially Split. And then this one is is just more straight up trying to be superhero. Uh <laughs> than horror uh, at all with it uh and i think maybe that's what's not sitting well with a lot of people and now that discussing it with you guys uh, more i i realize that that really is what he did with it uh but it makes me wonder if he would have made this sooner before we had the clout of superhero films had he maybe handled this differently well what, what do you think do you think maybe the film if we didn't have all our Marvel and DC and 10 years of superhero films up to this point, do you think maybe he would have written this differently and instead was trying to write it possibly to appeal to that crowd now? I I don't know if he was trying to appeal to the superhero crowd. Um, as I said before, to me, this is not a superhero movie. This is more mm -hmm. of a psychological thriller. Uh, just have superhero aspects in it. Uh, I don't know if he would have wrote this sooner before we got Marvel and DC and uh, any other superhero movies that we've seen throughout the 10 years. I don't know if he would have done anything differently. He might have changed some of the aspects of the characters. Uh, but like I said before, I, I, it, to me, it's it's more of how he, he is. He likes suspense. He likes mm -hmm. to twist. I think he would have probably came with a better twist in this one <laughs> as opposed to what he tried to do here. Um, but um, I think maybe if the if we had, but like I said before, since I don't consider this a superhero feature, I don't know if he would have changed anything. Mm -hmm. Andrew, what about you? You think the modern superhero films may have had their influence on him with writing this, or do you think he still would have taken the same approach? I don't think he would have made it if it wasn't for superhero movies. Mm -hmm. I don't think he would have made the visit if found footage movies weren't popular four years ago. The homie is not, I we have not seen a M night Shyamalan film since the happening. And that was a decade ago, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's just cause he's not, you know, it's not doing it for him with the writing or what, but, or if it's producer interference, but we have not seen this, this guy really i don't think since mm -hmm. then split probably the closest we've got to be honest and um you know no nah, i don't think he would have even made it <laughs> if not for superhero because you look at that magazine uh, and, and the news stories no this third act is full of these references about this tower that's right. that's getting made that's like the tallest building or whatever and the word marvel on there like cuck now all right we get it dude we get it <laughs> like you know it's it's supposed to be like if superheroes were real this is what would really happen we get it okay i get it but when you do shit like that now, all that's happening is your audience is wanting this big confrontation battle at that tower. Right. And he then they just go out to the fucking the front yard. Oh. So so you know what I'm saying? Like it just it's a letdown for the people. 
but he's setting the whole thing up for them, mm -hmm. you know, knowing what they've seen. So he's like, I'm not giving you that. That's what really would happen, superhero. Oh. Like, mm, actually, no. We go to the movies to see superhero because this shit could never happen because we need that. And what are you doing to us? You know. <laughs> I, I find that fascinating because uh, when I'm sitting here looking at the movie and I'm thinking to myself, when Elijah talks about we're going to go to this opening right there, I'm saying to myself, "There's no way he's going to pull that off." <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he trying to kid? I say. If he does, it's it's gonna it's gonna make the film worse because all he's gonna do is always is you're gonna say, well, no, he's trying to cop off of Kevin Feige now. We're gonna have this big climactic battle between uh, uh the overseer and the horde. I see it's not gonna go that. Eli Shalom is not. He tried that with the last Embell uh, and it failed miserably. <laughs> so what you say is no octopus arms flying out of that wheelchair? Or nothing no. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. And for me, I got into it. I'm, I'm, I understand it's got all these weaknesses, but for me, I, I just got into it. I like the fact they didn't actually go to the tower and they just took it out to the bike racks. Um, you know, it, it felt like that was more natural to me. But what really, what this film felt like to me, and maybe that's why I kind of enjoyed it, was back in the 90s in Lamont, we talked about this uh, last time before the episode. There was a uh, Dark Horse Comics, and I know Dark Horse Comics is, I think, still out now. But back then, uh, they were doing the different storylines. They were doing different comic book type films. There, you know, graphic novels were on the rise, and so this this whole series to me, and this one uh, felt just like in line with those. Just felt like you know that indie comic trying to do something different and. Maybe that's part of the appeal for it to me because of the sheer volume of Marvel and DC stuff that we get inundated with. I really enjoyed someone trying to do something different. Even with its warts, uh, I, I just got into it quite a bit. So this kind of felt to me like it was a comic book made by the independent company or by Dark Horse when they were first starting up, just doing what they wanted and, and not really you know, uh, carrying uh, what's exactly a mainstream story or not. And that's the way this trilogy felt to me, though this one did feel like he was trying harder to to play to the modern comic audience, um, you, you know, but it still didn't take me out of the film. I, I dug it quite a bit. And overall, though, out of how this trilogy plays out, uh, did we need it? No, <laughs> I'm gonna agree with you there. It is a sequel no one really asked for. Uh, the way it's being received now, where actually it seems more people, the audience are enjoying it, and the critics really are slamming it. Do you think that helps M. Night? Whereas before, the audience really hated M. Night, and that he may be able to come out with another movie. Uh, soon, or do you think that Glass really doesn't help his case any, and that M Night might fade uh, away again for a while? And I'll, I'll start with Lamont. What, what do you think this does for M Night going forward with this film, considering how it's being received right now? Uh, as far as the critics are concerned, he took a step back with this one because he sort of took a step forward with Visit, and he took another step forward with uh, Split. But now with the critics, he took a step back maybe almost two steps back, you know, based upon how the critics have, have not perceived this film. 
as far as the critics are concerned. Uh, as far as the fans are concerned, I, I really know most most of the people, I'll say this, some of the YouTubers uh, that I'm friends with, um, like Lee McCoy from uh, Drum Drum Dumps, he really loved this picture a lot. Mm -hmm. um, some of the other people, they, they seem to have some of the same opinions I have. It was okay, it was fine, it was okay, really wasn't great. Um, I really haven't seen any other YouTubers uh, slam this film like the critics have slammed for it. No, once I look at other uh, reviews, but to me, I think the audiences will still go see his films. Uh, uh, I think the critics will will be more suspicious even now with this movie and will probably not trust him again uh, until he actually decides what he wants to do in the film because it seems like uh, he's having a problem with the critics on how he wants to end his films. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, how about you? Do you think uh, him being what it seems to be kind of teetered the opposite way, like Lamanza, where he's taken one or two steps back with the critics, but the fans seem to actually, more fans seem to be embracing this film. Uh, do you think that helps him? Where, where do you think M. Night, you know, it kind of sits for M. Night and going forward, how that does this help or hurt him? Uh, as long as it makes money, it's going to hurt. It's going to help him. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what the critics say. As long as the movie makes money, he's going to keep working. And it because he's a man, uh, even if they don't make money, he'll keep working. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that, um, that's but, a good point too. Yeah, you know, and and so um, I don't want to go off on that, but it's still, though, he uh, he seems to be less driven by idea and concept and more driven by uh, what will what will be a success, mm -hmm. you know. And so, as long as it makes money, he will. Yeah, he's gonna be. He's gonna be. He will be all right. I would like to see him maybe just direct something rather than write it next time. But I don't think that's gonna happen. He is a auteur name, you know. Yeah, so. it it would be interesting to see him direct someone else's script, someone else's writing, uh, for sure, uh, because he he normally only directs his stuff. So in so you're getting his true vision, but at the same time. Uh, that true vision doesn't really sit well with uh, critics lately, especially with Glass. Though, as you can tell, folks, we are a bit split here. Ah! With yep. Glass. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting oh, for that one. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Here we go, here we go. And I'm not going to edit this, but what the heck. So let me back up. I got, I missed an opportunity. So, So while you find that our stances may be unbreakable and we are split on the film glass uh, one can say that uh it is a a different sort of a superhero film and it is you know would i like to see more yes i want to see people take different chances with comic book films and i think we'll get our uh panels here final thought with glass and where they would like to see maybe not the way M Knight specifically did it, but would they like to see possibly more people doing something different with the superhero films than trying to follow the Marvel DC formula that we've been uh, inundated with for the last ten years? So, uh, well, I would, I would, uh, I would like to see um, some people take more inspiration from uh, Unbreakable, just mm -hmm. in that style, you know. Because really, looking back on Unbreakable, it's kind of like the A twenty four of superhero movies, you know. <laughs> And mm -hmm. it was so ahead of its time like that. And if you was to put Unbreakable out now, they would hate it even worse than Glass. They'd be like, where's the CGI? You know, it was very little in the way of 
like the credits for it were so short. <laughs> I remember going like, where's all the, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, credits now are 18 minutes long and shit. Where's so, the post? Where's the mid scene credits? Where's the after scene credits? Yeah, no, they would not stand for this movie now. They'd be like, what? You know, <laughs> they would hate it. Um, but uh, as far as as far as the the my, the final thought on this movie is, I think for all its attempts to be uh, different than the superhero movies that's out now, it really falls prey to what happens to I feel like the worst ones in that it's got way too many characters and it cannot write for all of them and as a, as a result you know you you really don't you can't hook in and you don't care what's happening mm -hmm. and lamont how about you would you like to see uh other filmmakers try to attempt something like what m night here and and do something different with the superhero genre and your final thought with glass uh my final thought with glass was that uh it was an okay film uh had a miss a lot of opportunities to be a great a great film it's an okay film. Like I said, if you're a fan of M. Night Shalaham, you'll probably will enjoy it. Uh, as far as uh, superhero, trying to do something different in superhero films, I don't know if you can or can't do it because it really has to be done right. The problem now is that these fanboys, they really get after you if you do something very stupid or or uh, or try to do something different. But if you fail, you're going to fail miserably. And that's the problem. Uh, I mean, Kevin Feige has set the bar so high, and uh, and if you're trying to do something different, you better have a great idea. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's just going to fail miserably. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Did anybody go back on Hancock recently? Has anybody seen that recently? Um, I haven't. It, it's it's an okay film. Um, I get the attempt they were trying to make with that film, uh, trying to humanize a superhero. Uh, such as Will, uh, I don't know if it was this Will Smith or not. I don't know if, if he came off okay. I, I think he was okay. I think if it was a done with a better actor or if the script was so much better, it might have might have been a good. But um, if if to put it this way, if Hancock came out today, he could shred it. <laughs> yeah, it, it would get shredded. I mean, because it's 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 an attempt to say that superheroes are human. And which they actually are. I mean, they do have feelings. They do have. Uh, they do have a. But I think when we finally realized the truth between the two of them, I mean, what what they really were, it sort of throws everything off. And like I said, that came out today, the way that the way the script is and the way how that movie was, it, it could tread it. Yeah. Yeah, I could see. I could see that that it would not sit well. No. with the audiences of today because everybody has a specific locked in kind of thing they want to see from their superhero films uh, um and and not that i don't have a problem with it and i says i would say this well at least they were attempting to do something different than we see with your average uh marvel picture i mean mm -hmm. i know dc gets a bad rap because mostly all their movies are terrible <laughs> uh i i'll even say this i liked not to go off on subject here uh, no, that's okay. even, yeah, <laughs> even, even with uh, Aquaman. Now, I li I liked Aquaman. I didn't love it like everyone else did, mainly because of how old I am and I've seen the old filmation Aquaman cartoon show. <laughs> and that last scene in Aquaman reminded me so much of that because to me it's just too cartoony. Mm. I've seen this before. I mean, it looks great, but to me it was too cartoonish. 
And I say, because it's like this, I, I seen this when I was a kid in, uh, uh, on, uh, TV, on Aquaman Filmation TV shows. But like I said, but that's the problem uh, I think most people have with, with comics of the day. So sometimes I think too much CGI is too much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree as well. Too much CGI. I, and maybe that's another reason why I enjoyed this so much was because it was a superhero film with not a lot of CGI in it. Um, you, you know, and for me, for glass, I, I dug it. Yeah. Especially if you're an M night fan, you'll probably enjoy this quite a bit. Uh, you know, M night's been up and down with me. I haven't seen all of his work. Some of it really hits. Some of it misses for me. I had a fun time at the theater with this one. It, it was felt refreshing and different. We didn't get CGI on it. Had I wish he'd taken a few different directions. Sure. But you know, overall, it was great to have a break from the DC Marvel uh, Fest that we are definitely getting this year, uh, <laughs> you know, and I I would love to see uh, filmmakers out there try to take a chance and possibly do something different with your superhero films and there's a lot of properties out there that you could do it with. Like I said, the, the dark horse stuff, especially or the indie comics, you could do a lot with it. But as I believe Andrew alluded to, it's all about the money. And like with M night, his film glasses is making money. So as much as the critics may hate it, it is making money. And so that means M night will probably still get work to the chagrin of the critics while the fans are, you know, okay, it's another superhero film. Let's wait till the next month for the next superhero film. You know, by then, unlike Unbreakable and some of the earlier works, I don't think Glass is going to stick with them. They're enjoying it now at the time. But is it a film that they're going to revisit later on? No, I, I highly doubt it. Um, you know, because it, it is one of those films that felt a bit forced. Uh, and while I did enjoy it, I do recognize it for all its warts. We're about as divided here as the internet is. I, I knew it was going to get interesting when I saw Lamont's and Andrew's reviews on it. And I was like, oh boy, what did I get myself into now? Uh, <laughs> I was hoping you would, I was hoping you would change my mind, you know? <laughs> I, I, you know, Andrew, uh, as far as this film goes, I, the thing is you, you bring up, good points and i well, didn't have agree, man i think mm -hmm. this is the first time maybe uh with quiet place but for the most part this is the first time me and you really disagree on a movie like this it is it is the first time in a while where we've we've disagreed on a film like this where you know uh but it happens arts yeah. subjective like i said i maybe i went into it as well with such no expectations because yeah. it we're, wasn't we're, we're about to turn this whole thing around with the with the panel question i got so <laughs> okay you know so yes i, I don't I have to, to go first but i got one i so i did ask the panel tonight to uh bring a question or a topic they might want to talk about with glass that if we haven't already covered so andrew why don't you go ahead first all right here's, here's what i got so universal pictures right they had to fail with uh the dark universe the mummy yeah. didn't jump off canceled all those cool movies they're going to do mm. and so they go look we had a hit with glass we were announcing the shyamala verse <laughs> so what's going on here is all his movies are connected so if you hear that announcement which is going to be competing with the oscar announcements on tuesday 
um, when you hear that, which of his movies do you want to see connected or which one of his movies do you want to see thrown into like, you know, the, the unbreakable verse. Oh, so it doesn't have to have anything to do with these movies or, you know, it could just be throw a couple of them old ones together. What would you, what would you be excited about or find interesting or maybe go see? None. None. (laughs) None. It it makes, it, it, it makes no sense. I mean, come on, Universal. It's like you tried it with the Dark Universe. You utterly, first of all, casting Tom Cruise was a huge mistake. That was that was the first mistake. And then, as much as I wanted to like the Mummy because that was the first horror picture I saw as a child when the Universal Art when Universal Monsters came out, and um, and to see that other failure. I mean, they actually had some good ideas in that picture. But they wanted to universe build first instead of just telling a good story. No, there's no need to try to add or force feed anything, any of the films that M. Night Shyamalan has made just to create some type of universe because the dark universe failed. So they wouldn't have to be connected to these films. They could be in their own universe. You're saying, I'm, I'm just, or? I'm saying you, his, they say all of his shit is connected. What do you want to see? You know, pick two or pick one to throw into these. Oh, if they say they're all connected, which one I would like to see put in there with it. Um, yeah. Or, you know, connect two of them. You could, you know, grab any two. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see them take one of his worst films uh the happening and work it in with signs and yeah i haven't seen lady in the water yet so and you could also bring it around to uh the village yeah they could work in signs and happening and call it the quiet bird box <laughs> <laughs> Shit's ready to go, man. Netflix original. <laughs> That's a good one. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh wow. Yeah. The you know, the, the uh, conceit of it is like don't announce a shared universe, a cinematic universe, or aliens will blow up your head. <laughs> okay, whatever we do, we can't say this is all connected. Instead of picking movies that he directed, I'm going to the three movies in his whole thing that he wrote but did not direct. So we are combining Devil, She's All That, and Stuart Little. Oh, boy. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Devil, in case you don't remember, is about the killer elevator. Oh, yeah. She's All That, the teen comedy. Yeah, I liked the Devil. Oh, I like Devil. I'm a big fan of that. Bokeem Woodbine in that movie is amazing. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah. So she's all that '90s uh, a teen a teen comedy, and then Stuart Little kids movie. So we're we're mixing these three up. <laughs> wow. It's gonna be her and that mouse in that elevator. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, I want that movie. Go for it. <laughs> right. I, I, I for real would see it. I, I thought would. about this shit in the car today while I was driving around the mall. <laughs> I would. Anyways, so that's it. I would totally see that. Okay. Uh, I hope he hears this and does it. <laughs> I hope so too. Maybe he will yeah. listen to this. Who knows? Uh, Lamont, did you have a topic or question that you wanted to bring to the group? Um, no, because uh, I don't know. Because uh, we talked about uh, Ghostbusters three coming out. 
Sure. Um, my only thing is, um, I don't know if you heard the interview. Uh, Leslie Jones came out and said that she was disappointed that this is happening, and she's very angry. And she made a comment, and I want to bring any politics aside, but she said this is something that Trump would do. And I said to myself, no, this is nothing that Trump would do. This is just Hollywood trying to make more money out of a popular franchise, unfortunately because of the disaster that Ghostbusters 2016 was. <laughs> well, in, in their eyes, it was, uh, uh, 2016 is because it didn't make the money at the box office. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, she made the comment like that. I'm like, why'd you have to make the comment like that? There was no need to put Trump's name in it. it, it <laughs> all she, had, she could be angry and she could be upset. And I understand that. But, you know, it's just this is what Hollywood does now. You know? Yeah. Well, the, the name's going to be thrown around, though. Again, like I said, maybe I, I know you guys mentioned you didn't see it. But for me, I, I felt maybe he was making a little bit of statement about gaslighting. But I could be giving M. Night too much credit with uh, this film, which has been associated with uh, some some things politically. Uh, so, you know, maybe I was reading too much in the M. Night's uh, script with Glass, but that's what kind of I got out of it. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it goes right along with the rest of the of, of toxic fandom. And that's a whole nother conversation, and we, we won't get into it here. But mm -hmm. um, it, just in general, the, the failure of 20, Ghostbusters 2016 at the box office, at least, was in part due to the toxic fandom i think out there uh and yeah andrew and i have had many discussions on these uh because it, it, it it's no longer quite a trigger for me but uh i i don't i i think they're really uh the, the toxic fans are not doing uh their franchise or whatever they like any favors by being so viral you know vitriol towards uh, something new or different and in this case it doesn't help her to make a statement like that because that's just going to fuel those people who didn't like oh, the yeah. 2016 people yeah. even yeah. further you, oh, you, you just know? It, it, it did already yeah <laughs> you know so yeah yeah i don't know andrew you, did you have any thoughts with her making that comment and you know the effects of say the fandom specifically like with the ghostbusters Oh man, there's there's what I want to say quickly and then what I would say longer. So I'll just give you the quick one. Um, instead of Stuart Little and the lady from She's All That in that elevator, I think I want Leslie Jones and Stuart Little in that elevator. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we are going to end this episode tonight. I, I have some editing to do, I know, but uh take what you will folks from it glass uh, and yet another film that has many people uh, divided and different opinions on it so in the end i think we would all agree that if you really want to know what it's about or how you might feel about it go see a film you want to wait to rental that's fine if you're you're leery about spending the money or, or wait for free amazon prime but uh you know don't hate on any film uh, before you see it and that's my advice to you for tonight so now we're going to give our license to shill out to our panel here uh this chance where they get a chance to tell you where you can find them at when they are not here so lamont why don't you go first sir you can see me you can find me on youtube as the horror mimes of money g 
Nice. Uh, great uh, link will be as well on our uh, website as always. And Andrew, you do have some time. I don't mind at all. Can they still find some of your stuff out there? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, no, hey, uh, first of all, there was a pleasure to have this discussion. And I did as a result of uh, you posting the link to Lamont's um, YouTube channel. I did subscribe there. Thank you. So I've Thank been, I've been enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As a matter, as a matter of fact, you now qualify for my giveaway. Hey, <laughs> I'll take anything, man. I'm not, I'll just, you know, a, a Twizzler that you found under the seat. I'll eat it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, yeah. Uh, if you look at my video where I celebrate my two year anniversary, you'll see all the details in there. Oh man, I'm doing it. Hey, that's, that's all you had to say. <laughs> uh, but, but no, as far as, yeah. Um, my friends and I here in Athens, Georgia, uh, we make our own movies as a hobby, and our name is Gonzorific, G-O-N-Z-O-R-I-F-F-I-C. It's basically like a garage band, except we make movies instead. Um, you can find what's left of our um, catalog now on uh, Amazon Prime at Gonzo or Amazon.com slash V slash Gonzorific. And if you wouldn't mind, if you want to save the rest of our movies that are currently on there, because they recently deleted about half of them, um, leave us, yeah, leave us a, a good comment and leave us some some positive stars and if you don't have anything cool to say about low budget movies get the fuck out of here <laughs> and on that note we're going to end it tonight so uh, just say good night gentlemen good night gentlemen what good is not just good night gentlemen good night gentlemen good night gentlemen Hey, all my friends out there looking for more spoiler room goodness? Then why don't you check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash specialmarkproductions, where you can get access to exclusive spoiler room episodes and a whole lot more. You can also find us on Facebook groups at SMPRD and on the Twitter at SpecialMarkPro. Let your voice be heard and let us know what you would like to see in the spoiler room, as well as just how we're doing in general. We appreciate your support and remember in the spoiler room, the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies.